Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Desi Crime podcast. I'm Ashwarya, your host for this episode, and today I'm alone. Aryan is in the US, stuck in his room in a 15-day-long quarantine, and because of that, he's unable to get the equipment he needs to record with me. I've also been preparing to leave for the US and traveling during a pandemic is extremely stressful which is why I've been unable to upload for a while too. But very soon we'll both be back in the same location and back to uploading two episodes per week. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave an honest review about how you liked us so we can choose one of you for a free crime ebook giveaway. And with that, let's get started. In November of 2019, Indian National Congress leader P. Chidambaram told a bench of judges, quote, I am being denied bail from prison as if I am a criminal like Ranga and Billa, end quote. In December of 2019, famous Indian author Arundhati Roy asked people to fill in names like Ranga and Billa instead of their real names in the National Population Register forms. Soon after, hashtag Ranga and Billa trended on Twitter. So, who are Ranga Billa? Even though the two men lived in 1970s India, what makes them so famous or infamous even today? That's the story I'm here to tell you. The story of two men who became a household name after they committed a crime beyond the imagination of even very seasoned murderers. It's August 26th, 1978, and it's a Saturday. But it's still a very busy day at the Chopra house, the house of Navy Captain Madan Mohan Chopra, his wife, whose name, to my great disappointment, I've been unable to find, and their two children, Geeta Chopra and Sanjay Chopra. Their daughter Geeta is 16 years old and studies at the Jesus and Mary College in New Delhi. while their son Sanjay is 14 years old in 10th grade and studies in modern school Barakhamba which even today is one of the most prestigious schools in India Captain Chopra is very well known within the military circles in New Delhi and is very well respected at his job The family is certainly well off and they live in a house in the officers enclave in Dholakua in New Delhi which is a posh locality full of houses of military personnel It's a loving family. They all take care of each other. They're all very happy in wherever they are in their lives and they have everything going for them. Now Geeta, Captain Chopra's oldest child and his only daughter, is a great singer and she regularly sang at the annual functions of her schools and now she sings in college too. Because of this talent, Geeta has been invited to the office of the All India Radio, which is still the national radio broadcaster of India. to record a song of hers this was an amazing achievement by all standards and something geeta was extremely excited about but instead of letting 16 year old geeta go alone to the office at 7 pm in the night and return at 9 pm 
they get 14-year-old Sanjay to agree to go with her too. So the kids are excited. Like, do you remember the time when you were really, really young and your parents let you do something alone? Just like that. They had an entire outing planned just for themselves, just the two of them. And they spent the entire day getting ready, picking out their clothes, practicing for the show and all of that. As the day progresses, it's finally 6pm. It's almost time for the kids to leave their house, but it's raining in Delhi. It's gorgeous outside, but with the rain, the kids realize they have a problem at hand and they have to ask someone for a ride. Now, for whatever reason, their parents aren't able to drive them to the venue today. I couldn't find any interviews online with their parents on why this was the case, but we just know that the kids had to arrange for their own transportation today. It's also so difficult to imagine a time when you couldn't actually pull out your phone to call a cab. But on that particular day, if Geeta and Sanjay could have done that, their lives would be completely different today. So now, Geeta and Sanjay get ready, they leave their house, they walk right out of their gate, and they find a neighbour, someone their parents are close to, getting into his car. This neighbour was Colonel M.S. Nanda. Now, the officer's enclave in Dholakua in New Delhi, where the Chopra family lives, is a locality full of serving officers. And naturally, like any army cantonment, there's a sense of safety with your neighbours and the people that live around you. So the kids straight away stop Colonel Nanda, ask him to give them a ride, and he happily agrees. But he tells the kids that he can only drop them to Gold Market, because after that, he needs to go in a different direction. The kids agree, they get into his car, and they're on their way. Now, Gold Market, where Colonel Nanda is going to drop the kids, is an extremely busy and crowded area of Delhi. And this day was no different. There were cars all over the place and the sounds of pedestrians talking meant nobody could hear anybody. Colonel Nanda drops the kids off at the decided point, right in the middle of Gold Market, and the kids stand there, in the rain, waiting for a car to stop and give them a ride. As they stand there, waiting and waiting, talking about how they actually might miss their chance to reach the office on time, a mustard-coloured Fiat pulls up right in front of them. The kids peep inside the Fiat and see sitting two thin men, modestly dressed and middle-aged. The two men were Kuljeet Singh, who went by the name Ranga, and Jasbir Singh, who went by the name Billa. The two men had just met a year ago in Mumbai and had instantly become friends. While Ranga was a taxi driver, Billa was a petty criminal. And soon after they got to know each other, both of them moved to Delhi together. Slowly, over time, Billa got Ranga into his world of crime. The two would roam the streets of Delhi, kidnapping couples, driving over to the house of those very couples and looting their house at knife point. But Ranga and Billa had never killed anybody. They had let all of their victims go, and their intention was always only to get money. Today, on this particular day too, Ranga and Billa had been roaming the streets of Delhi trying to find their next victim when they saw the two kids. The kids looked like they belonged to a very good family, and they pulled over in their mustard Fiat, a car that they had stolen just a few days ago. They asked the kids if they needed a ride. Geeta said they did. They asked them to get into the car. And Geeta and Sanjay happily got into the back seat. Now, I can almost feel some of you thinking, how could they? How could they randomly get into a car with two random strangers? 
how could their parents let them walk out of the house without any arrangements made for them to reach the office and how could they how could they have let them out of the house without any possible way of contacting them and i understand where your questions are coming from i had these questions too but you guys this isn't 2020 back then in the 1970s it was far more normal for kids even kids from well off families to ask for strange vehicles to drop them off and it was also far more normal for genuine people to stop and help you out too today almost nobody will ask a random person for a lift and almost nobody will stop for someone they see on a road and that shift in perception in india in part is because of this case this case made big the idea that parents need to tell their children not to take candy from a stranger not to reveal details about themselves and especially not get into a car with them but geeta and sanjay had just gotten into a car with two kidnappers initially everything seemed so normal it seemed like they were driving the kids to the office of the all india radio through the crowded streets of gold market until billa took a turn geeta didn't recognize she knew that wasn't the way to the all india radio office and she pointed it out to the men she asked them to turn the car around and take the right turn but the two men said nothing and kept driving geeta and sanjay were now a little apprehensive and they asked the two men to just drop them off anywhere they didn't want to be in their car anymore they just wanted to be dropped off they said they could figure their own way out but ranga and billa looked straight ahead they ignored everything geeta was saying and just kept driving geeta and sanjay finally knew something was wrong they knew what was happening and they knew their life depended on being able to escape this car they began to shout scream and hit the two men and asked them to stop the car and just drop them off they just wanted to be dropped off this is when ranga panicked sitting on the passenger side and pulled out a kirpan now a kirpan is kind of like a knife but it's much thicker and it's much longer to the extent that in a lot of western media outlets it's actually referred to as a small sword billa who's sitting on the passenger side pulls out a kirpan and threatens to hurt the kids in this process in everybody panicking the kids trying to escape and ranga trying to get them to keep quiet he ends up hurting sanjay and sanjay's arm starts to bleed the kids panic even more and they try to open the doors of the car but they're unable to they're locked they start banging on the glass windows shouting asking the cars and bikes around them to help remember you have to remember this is right in the middle of gold market a heavily crowded area and now people are starting to hear the screams that are coming from within the mustard car a bike and a few cars actually started following the mustard fiat in an attempt to rescue the children One of the men that came close to the car later told the cops that an injured Sanjay was showing him his bleeding arm from inside the car and shouting the word help over and over again. These people following the car kept chasing it. They memorized the number on its number plate. They made sure they saw clearly the faces of the two men driving and they refused to give up. In fact, the man riding the bike that was following the car came close enough to grab the handle of the car. but the speed of the car made it impossible for him to open the door on seeing more and more people noticing and more and more cars following the fiat ranga and billa sped up they ran all the red lights that came their way and somewhere 
in Delhi's unbelievable traffic. Geeta and Sanjay's last hope to be rescued got lost. When the people realized they had lost the Fiat and they couldn't see it anymore, one of them stopped his car and called the cops, described the entire incident, described the car and gave them the number of the car. HRK 8930. But the cops heard that wrong. They heard the number of the car as MRK 8930. It was now starting to get dark and cops all over Delhi were trying to find the wrong car. Another completely different individual heard the screams of the kids coming from the car and informed a completely different police station of the incident, but very quickly the cops decided that the incident was beyond their jurisdiction and did nothing about the tip. By now it's 8 p.m. and Geeta's show should have been live on the channel. Her parents are all tuned in to listen to their daughter sing, unaware that they'll never hear the voices of their kids ever again. When it's finally time for the show to air, the parents soon realize something is wrong. The voice they hear on TV doesn't belong to Geeta at all. It belongs to someone else. Initially, like any parent who doesn't want to assume the worst about their kids, they think they're on the wrong channel. But very soon they realize they're not. They think maybe more than one girl was going to be singing on that particular day and they keep waiting. The show airs and gets over. But Geeta's voice was never heard. Now they are worried. Captain Madan Mohan gets on his scooter and goes over to the office of the All India Radio only to be met with the person in charge of the show who says, "We waited for Geeta for so long, but after she didn't show, we had to get someone else to sing instead of her." Captain Madan Mohan is now worried. His two children are nowhere to be found. He has no idea who was last seen with them. He has no idea how to reach them. As a last ditch attempt, he calls his wife and asks if the kids have made it home while he was at the office. But she says they aren't there. He runs out of the office, gets on his scooter once again and drives straight over to the police station to file a missing persons report for his two children. A day he never thought he'd see. The police this time actually go out and try to find the kids, but in the end they come back empty-handed. While all of this was happening, while the police and Captain Madan Mohan are out there trying to find his kids in the dark of Delhi, Ranga and Billa have now taken the car to an isolated road very close to where Indira Gandhi International Airport stands today. According to a segment in Crime Tak, despite the airport being built, this particular road even today is extremely isolated and nobody uses it at night to date. People try to avoid it at all costs. Back then on both sides of the road stood a very dense forest and hardly anybody would ever use it. On this lonely road Ranga and Billa start talking to the kids. They asked them what their names were and what their parents did, probably in an attempt to understand how much money they'd be able to get as ransom. When they learn that their father is a navy officer, the two men realize they won't be able to get a lot of money from the family at all. They knew that military families spend their lives in small places earning only modest money. This is when Ranga asks Billa if they should just leave the kids in the middle of the road, ditch the entire plan and find someone else to loot. But Billa, a criminal for much longer than Ranga, says no. As Billa is driving the car, 
round and round in circles around this one isolated stretch of road. He tells the kids that they'll let them go after they get the money they want and after they get the car of the Chopra family. I can imagine that in this one moment, maybe for just a few minutes, the kids would have actually thought that they'd survive. And maybe for just a few minutes, Ranga and Billa actually considered letting them go for money. They keep driving them around until finally they reach a stretch of road where they stop the car. It's an isolated dark road and this mustard Fiat is parked right in the center. The kids don't know why the car has stopped, but between Billa telling the kids that he'd let them go and now the two men change their minds. The car is stopped and Billa whispers something to Ranga that the kids don't hear. Ranga nods, he gets off the passenger side of the car and goes over to the back seat. He pulls 14-year-old Sanjay out forcefully as Sanjay struggles and tries to run away one last time. But Ranga easily overpowers him. He takes Sanjay away from the car straight on this dark stretch of road and stops just a few feet away from the car. He takes out his kirpan and stabs Sanjay in the back. After stabbing him once, Ranga is unable to hit the kid again. Billa, who sees Ranga hit Sanjay just once, gets out of his car and asks Ranga to stab him more times so that he's dead for sure. While Ranga is standing there in the middle of an open road, stabbing a 14-year-old child over and over again, Billa runs back to the car, gets into the back seat and rapes Geeta. Once he's done raping her, he gets out of the car again, walks over to Sanjay's now dead body and stabs him more. While Billa is standing there, stabbing the child more times, long after he's dead, Ranga now walks over to the car and rapes Geeta. Once the two men are done raping the girl, the first question she asks is, where is my brother? Now, you guys, I have a brother who is exactly as old as Sanjay was back when all of this happened. And I think that's part of the reason this entire case was so difficult to research on. Once I was done researching this, I actually walked over to my brother and gave him a hug. So if you have any siblings at home, if you have children, please walk over to them and just give them a tight hug. Because I can understand what this case does to you. In response to poor Geeta asking to see her brother, the two men tell her that he's waiting for her at the end of the road. They get her out of the car, give her back her clothes so she can dress up and start walking her to her brother's dead body. As they reach the dead body and Geeta realizes her brother is dead, Billa pulls out his kirpan and tries to stab Geeta. But before he could, she snatches the kirpan away from him and hits Billa on the head. She makes one final attempt to escape and starts to run away from the two men and from her brother's lifeless body. Billa is seriously injured. He's heavily bleeding, but Ranga catches her before she runs and brings her back. The two men now take turns and stab Geeta multiple times before she falls on the ground, lifeless, next to Sanjay. Soon, she dies too. But Ranga and Billa are now panicking. They have never killed any of their victims before. 
but now right in their feet lay the dead bodies of two children that they know they have to get rid of their minds are frazzled they can't think of what to do so they just pick the bodies up and throw them in the bushes and the trees that surround this road the two men run over to their car quickly take out an extra number plate one that they had kept for after crimes like these and change it with the number plate that they had on initially now the number of the car is dh1280 It's 10:35 p.m. by the time the two men escape from this isolated road where they've just dumped the bodies. Billa is severely injured and bleeding heavily from the wound on his head, which is why the two men drive straight over to Wellington Hospital in New Delhi. The doctor who's supposed to treat Billa is in his emergency ward with a police officer who's supposed to be there at all times to take in reports for cases that require one. The doctor starts to question Billa on how he got hurt and Billa starts to tell a story. He says the two men were passing by a locality called Kalibadi when two thugs attacked them, stole their watches and hit Billa on the head. Once the doctor is done treating them, the cop asks the two men for their addresses in Delhi and the two men give them false ones. The cop then asks the men to drive him over to where the attack took place and the men take the cop to a random spot in Kalibadi. The cop sees the location, files a report, and by 1:30 p.m. asks the two men to leave but come over to the police station the very next morning. The two men never show up, and the cops just forget. Two whole days pass by, and life turns to hell for Captain Chopra and his wife. Their beautiful, talented kids around whom their entire world revolved were missing for 48 hours now and nobody knew anything about it at 6 pm on the 28th of august some locals were trying to find a stretch of land for their cows and sheep to graze on on an isolated forest patch in delhi one of the men in the group comes across a pair of clothes and walks towards it to inspect more closely but what he stumbles upon is a sight he would never forget he finds lying in the bushes the butchered and bloody bodies of two children the locals run over to the cops standing at the nearest traffic signal in a frenzy and bring them to the spot the cops are left speechless with what they see in front of them the two heavily stabbed bodies the sight shook even the most seasoned inspectors on the spot With a heavy heart the cops take the body into their custody and match them with the description given by Captain Madan Mohan just 2 days ago The clothes the age the description everything matches and everybody knows that they've just found the Chopra kids Captain Mohan and his wife too identify the bodies as their two children and they know their lives will never be the same again Just 2 hours after the bodies are identified as Geeta and Sanjay Chopra the news reaches the media and the nation is furious slowly anger all over the country keeps increasing people are out protesting every single day and pressure on the police keeps increasing this case was a national spectacle like no other people couldn't understand what monster would ever do this to two children 
why would someone stab them so many times? At the time, in 1978, Murarji Desai was India's Prime Minister and he had himself visited the cops to urge them to solve this case as soon as they can. That was the level of uproar with this case. Very soon, the people who had followed the car in an attempt to protect the children saw the case on the news and came forward to tell their stories. They described the car, they described the screams, they described whatever they heard and they saw. They described the two men sitting and driving this car in the front seats. In one day, sketches of Ranga and Billa were now circulating all over national news with a hefty sum of money on their heads as prized for finding them. On August 31st, the cops finally found the car in question and retrieved a huge amount of samples from it. They found hair, they found blood, they found nails, they found fingerprints, they found semen, they found fake license number plates. They immediately knew this car was key to catching the two men. Thirteen days after the kids left their house and were never seen alive ever again, two men boarded a train known as the Kalka Mail, which ran from Agra to Delhi. But the compartment that they ended up entering, in a cruel twist of faith, was reserved for military personnel only. Because of this, as soon as the two men entered, they were asked to show their ID cards. When the men didn't show their ID cards, they instead started a scuffle with these army men in this compartment. As these two men stood in the train compartment arguing with the army men instead of leaving or showing their ID card, Lance Naik A.V. Shetty very quickly recognizes the two men as Ranga and Billa. He points it out to all the other men in the cabin and everybody recognizes them. They were all over the news. Everybody had heard of this case. The army personnel quickly grab a hold of the men and prevent them from leaving or running away for two entire hours before the train finally reaches New Delhi railway station. At the station, they hand the two men over to the railway police which then hands them over to Delhi police. Now, the men immediately claim their innocence, but Delhi police know they're lying. They know they're lying because they've retrieved Billa's medical records from Wellington Hospital and also all the evidence they found in the car. In a bag that the two men were carrying, cops find the clothes that the men wore the night of the murder and the murder weapon too. Finally, after long hours of questioning, Ranga and Billa confess. Ranga and Billa were convicted and sentenced to death after just a four-year-long trial. A trial so short by the standards of the Indian justice system that it has time and time again been compared to the trial of Nathuram Godse, the man that assassinated Mahatma Gandhi. In the four-year-long span of the trial, Ranga and Billa challenged their death sentence again and again. First in the Delhi High Court and then in the Supreme Court of India both of which upheld their sentences. They then petitioned to the President of India to pardon the two men, but the President turned down the petition without citing reason. They then petitioned to the Supreme Court once again, arguing that the President should use his pardoning powers fairly. Finally, on the 21st of April 1981, the Supreme Court upheld the death sentences. The nation and its multiple systems had finally decided that the two men didn't deserve to live. 
It's been 42 years since Sanjay and Geeta disappeared from the middle of gold market and were then found dead just a few days later. The Kirti Chakra, the second highest peacetime gallantry award, was awarded to both of them posthumously on the 5th of April 1981 for their incredible bravery in the face of adversity. In 1978, the very year that the kids had disappeared, the Indian Council for Child Welfare instituted two bravery awards for children under the age of 16, the Sanjay Chopra Award and the Geeta Chopra Award. These awards are given each year to children just like Geeta and Sanjay. On the 30th of January 1982, almost 1 year after the Supreme Court upheld the death sentences, five journalists from five different newspapers walked the corridors of the Tihar jail's death row. This was the first time in the history of India that not just one journalist but five were allowed into a prison cell to interview a cellmate on death row. They were there to interview Billa, the only one who had agreed to speak to the press just one day before he was supposed to be hanged. Prakash Patra, back then a reporter with the National Herald, was one of the five. In his own words, quote, "When we met him, Jasbir Singh or Billa stood about a foot away from the grill in the prison. What I remember most from that 15 to 20 minute encounter are two things: how the man trembled and how his voice was high pitched and clear." He repeatedly proclaimed his innocence and kept saying that Rab or God knew that he hadn't committed the murders for which he was to hang. I don't think any of us present that day believed him for even a second. Those were not the days of instant news. By the time the newspaper reports of our interview were read the next morning, Ranga and Billa had been executed. End quote. Thank you.